1: Welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real. I'm Michael. And I'm Roman. Mike, how was your weekend this past weekend? Yeah, it was really nice. Took a nice uh, long weekend on the bike. Yeah, how about yourself? Well, I I was was here at work all weekend, uh, doing my duties here. Uh, uh, Met a few new drivers, talked to them, helped them out, you know. So, you know, what we do on the weekends here being an additional training, you know, help out when we can, what we can do for them. Mike, why don't you introduce who we have today.
2: Today we have Rick Rail.
1: Tell us a little bit about uh, on how you became where you're at, and, and maybe a brief history from Rick's point of view of the company Rail from when it started, from with Everett. You know, oh, sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I know some some guys have uh, heard this. I know. When I would talk with orientation groups, I know some some guys had heard this part of it, but um, you know, basically, uh, Rails began as a family business that my dad started. Um, and he started with one truck and uh, was able to add another truck uh, one year and another truck the next year, and so started out mostly hauling uh, lumber for sawmills in the area, and uh, while well, my grandpa had a sawmill too, and so. Really, he learned how to drive truck by delivering lumber for his customers so so then uh he decided to buy his truck that he could run himself and work for some other sawmills so um that was in sixty two and so then I wasn't around until late in sixty two so uh, <laughs> uh I didn't start uh playing with the trucks until probably you know when I was you know Ten or eleven something like that that oh. would
2: how, how was it growing up with with everett I don't know him that well but how was it growing up with him how was he
0: well, he was uh always uh, pretty even tempered and uh you know it wasn't where we did a lot of things on the weekends you know like uh this last weekend you know we went up Spent some time on the boat, and uh, right. okay. nice. we didn't have a boat though. <laughs> we had trucks. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Did you but, spend a lot of time growing up servicing trucks, up under trucks, working on them?
0: Yeah, Saturdays were mostly. Uh, well, back then we didn't have air dryers, so we treated the air system with alcohol so they wouldn't oh, yeah. freeze. Yeah. So okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, if water got in the system; it wouldn't wouldn't lock up the valves or anything. So. Right. Uh, they actually don't recommend doing that anymore just because it right. does dry out the seals so. I
2: grew up my father was a diesel mechanic and owned trucks very sm- a lot smaller than where you came where you're at now but I grew up you know I was up under them I was pulling them into shops for them a lot very similar to what you're saying <laughs> yes yeah, so i I know where you could, my vacation was I didn't have to work on a truck that day <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah. well
0: that was Saturday in the winter yeah. uh, you know making sure that well, at yeah, first you had to drain drain the system and right, then, uh, right. add a little bit to it. So, so started out with maintenance and then uh how Yeah, do you do? then well then when I was older then uh would help in the shop with sweeping the floors and then I I started working on I would do the services by myself, first the grease the grease service and then oil change I eventually worked into doing that too. So but when I was in high school, I always Wanted to drive trucks, so. Then when I turned 18 and finished high school, I started driving truck. Who taught you? Where'd you teach Pretty yourself? Pretty much learned uh, by moving them in the yard. Okay. And, uh, right. <laughs>
1: so when you, how, how big did, uh, from the time 62 to the time you graduated high school, how much did rail grow at that point? Do you remember?
0: I don't remember the truck count we had in 81, but uh, my first truck was uh, number 45. And that was one of the older ones at that time. It was, it was probably, um, I'd say, five, six years old. At the time. And what kind of truck started, was it? it? It was a international cab over. Um, it was the B model, and I, the B model Transstar, I think. Uh, hmm. And, uh, you know, it was the one with the extra extension right. beneath the cab. Okay. <laughs> you know, the okay. ones <laughs> before that didn't have that.
1: <laughs> Where did you all go? I mean, did you just stay local or did you go nationwide? Or... I mean, anywhere that you, you could go you went, or...?
0: No, when you're 18, uh, you can only drive in the state of Wisconsin, okay. so I had to stay here, and so I did a lot of uh, hauling of gravel too with the dump trucks and the belly dumps, so, but otherwise a big run we had was hauling chips where, you know, we'd pick them up down by La Crosse and take them to Green Bay, so okay. that was one thing. There
2: was a predominantly local company at that time?
0: Um, no, we had the, I remember, well, this is before I started driving, but, um, the big run early was down to, uh, Kentucky. We had a, a customer, Murray, Kentucky, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, it was a pallet, pallet, uh, customer down there. But then, uh, before I started driving, we were starting to go most 48 states. Okay. And
2: at at what point uh, what truck number? What, what time did you look at it and go, man? This is go- This is going to be something. You know, you, you you look at that point, you go, you go from one truck to 40, 40 some odd trucks, and you go, wow, oh, this is actually going to be something here. You know? Did you guys ever imagine
1: you'd get as big as you are today yeah. back then?
0: I I don't think so. I mean, uh, we're we're always glad to have growth, but um, but. You know we always wanted to make sure we had good business too not yeah. just to grow and not be profitable or um, be be able to pay the bills so
1: okay yeah, yeah. um so your customers did you guys how how did you find them i mean obviously we don't have what we have today you know the internet and hmm. you yeah. know stuff <laughs> like that how did you guys go out and get your customers? do you still have customers from them today how about that one
0: well, there's uh, a couple. Um, there's uh Felker Brothers here in town. Uh, you know, we hauled, I mean, we started hauling for them, I think, back in the 70s. And the one customer that had the Kentucky delivery, that was uh, the pallet factory, Woodruff Pallet down in Vesper. And right now, they switched that hauling over to um, vans, and so... Sometimes it doesn't work. Well, the winter is when it doesn't work out okay. as well because you get the moisture inside. So,
1: and, and the chips you're talking about?
0: No, that's the pallets. Oh, the uh, pallets. Okay. You know, okay. the original pallet uh, haul was all on flatbed. But oh. then, you know, a lot of places now, they don't want the pallets getting dirty. Okay. So they put them in a van.
2: How do you uh, contribute you keeping them customers and the ones we have now? How, how have you managed to keep that base of customers?
0: Just got to take care of them. You know, and the the drivers see the customers more often than any of us here, and so right. that's a big part of it. But you know, also responding to the 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 needs that they have, and well, you asked before uh, about how did we find customers because we didn't have sales people right. or uh, we didn't have uh, you know telemarketing or anything like that. So a lot of our leads were from drivers. You know. A driver would make a delivery or a pickup and uh, say, well, this place is shipping here and there. And so so then we'd call them up and go visit if uh, if that was something that was uh, doable. And hmm. so a lot of it was okay. just leads and uh, from one customer hiring you to make a delivery someplace, well, then you found out they had something going on and they might need you to move something and hmm. you just ask them. And uh, sometimes, sometimes you would get a good response. But... But right at that, ter- at that period, I forgot to mention this, as we were talking about the growth, in 1980, the federal government deregulated the trucking industry. And what that meant was trucking companies could make agreements with shippers without the federal government approval. Where prior to that, you had to make an application to the federal government, and your shipper had to support that application, and they would grant you permission, they called it authority,
1: To haul for that uh,
0: shipper or to make those moves. And they would name it as specifically as this type of commodity from this place to those states. And so it was a a very highly regulated uh, industry. So when that law became effective in 1980, you know, we were able to talk to a lot more shippers. Did that seem to benefit? That benefited the industry more,
2: it it made it better.
0: Well, it, it opened up a lot of um, a lot of opportunities for you know companies like ours. Right. You know, it it did create some turmoil though too. There was a lot of uh, a lot of I would say LTL companies in particular it seemed like they they um, ceased doing business. I mean, there was a couple in Marshfield even, but it's not that we were hauling the same freight as them, but it created more com- competition. It, became more competitive, and um, we were a smaller company with a lower cost base, so it was a beneficial thing for us. And
1: now you know the rest of the story, basically, (laughs) right? Uh, Paul Harvey. So, Rick, uh, as a family, how do you guys come together as a family when you guys have to make decisions about uh,
0: the company? I'm blessed that we don't have a lot of turmoil with our family. Um, You know, I'm the CEO, and and the majority shareholder, and so I pretty much uh, make quite a few of the decisions. You know, Mm -hmm. there's some decisions that we consult, but uh, for the most part, um, you know, I make a lot of those CEO type decisions. You know, there's some shareholder decisions that as a family we make, but uh, those, you know, aren't everyday things or those are, you know, more rare.
2: Okay, so speaking of decisions, you ever get in that mindset, and when you get home, and you, you, I know me personally, I get home and I go, Oh, I'm the boss here. And then your wife puts you in check real quick. <laughs> you go, Whoops, I'm not Rick. At home. <laughs> so now you're not the boss.
0: You? <laughs> oh, boy. You Sorry, to flip I could the switch, I could uh? resist. <laughs> Normal family, like everybody else, right? No, that's all Yeah, well, one thing, uh, my wife, Tammy, she. Works in the office right. as well, and so right. she's she's aware of uh, everything that we do to to uh, you know keep things going. So you know she she understands. She doesn't put a lot of pressure on, but yeah, there's certainly the dynamic that switches right. when she leave the office. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny. You almost see
2: every every family. You know, and they, they're they higher up in something. They when they get
1: home, you always get back to that level yeah. ground there. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So, um, okay, everybody knows where we're at today. Actually, uh, how many how many trucks do we have total uh, in the fleet right now?
0: Do I think kn- we got a little over 2,000 trucks.
1: Started from one, Mike. It's you know, crazy. Started it from one, look at it, you know. Yeah. Uh, any plans to make it? 2,500, 3,000. I mean, is that a goal of... Or do you do you kind of like where it's at right now?
0: Well, we'd always like to grow because we can spread our overhead a little bit more, and so investments that we have in our terminals—that's um, probably the biggest thing. And you know, other investments are a little bit of the trailer pool, but usually when you add trucks, you got to add trailers as well. But but another big overhead is our non-driver wages. So by having more loads that we can spread those costs over it does create a, a an advantage in the margin but you know you can grow a certain point then you have to add those those um overhead items as well then so
1: what do you like for ratio of trailer to truck what's your what's your what's your good range there
0: it depends on the business you're doing um but right now we're I think 2.8 to 2.9 van trailers to a truck. But as you bring on new business, if that business needs uh, eight trailers at the location, you know, that does, you might only have, you know, any one day you might have six drivers that are doing work for that customer. But, you know, the eight trailers are something that uh, some of the other business doesn't require. And so the more of those type of things you have the the harder it is to to define it by a ratio of how this works okay for reefer trailers uh you know they are a lot more expensive and so we don't leave those sit around as as much as some customers would like you know a lot of times we run into issues with uh customers who just like the extra storage room and so they don't unload them and so and then when the driver thinks he's gonna be at a place and get an empty trailer, it's not there, and that happens on vans too. But but our ratio is about one point six to one point seven for uh, reefer trailers to reefer drivers. Flatbeds are you know probably in that same neighborhood too. I haven't looked at that recently. Flatbed customers generally don't want to. There's not as many flatbed customers that want trailers, but there are some. You know, we have those ki- uh, customers that it works out well. We don't have to have the driver wait to I, put I've, that on.
2: I've heard that some too, where you're saying some of the customers are using them for storage. How have you guys have you found a way to resolve some of that
0: issue? Well, with the drive ends, uh, we have the cargo sensors, and so okay. if a customer doesn't unload or uses the trailer too much for their benefit, not for ours, we do bell them. So oh, okay. it's something that uh, that technology allows us to do. For the reefers, we don't have the certainty of the cargo sensor, but right. we know if the reefers running and we also know if the driver shows up and it's not empty, we can we can uh, investigate that I gotcha. that way. Yeah.
2: Makes sense. So with, uh, like you said, some of the trailers being used for storage from some of the customers, uh, have you seen a lot of detention? You know, how have we been handling that here at Rail?
0: Well, that's the reason we have more trailers than we have drivers, so that we don't have to have drivers waiting for the customer right. to put the product on or, or to take it off, too. So it's a really nice, convenient. It's not right. not a free convenience, but it's, uh, <laughs> right. it is convenient when it works. And so... Um, You know, that's one thing that we heard at the driver advisory group meeting that we had a couple weeks ago is, you know, just the time that um, they're not driving down the road. Most drivers want to drive, and so we understand that, and that's why we do have some more trailers. Every day we wish we had more trailers, so it's not where we've got the ideal amount or that every time we go to get an empty one that there's one there, but it is something we put a lot of effort into. And you know it's something that we're looking at to increase our driver satisfaction, which should help us with our retention.
1: Yeah, and how's that going uh, so far this year with our driver retention?
0: We had a good year going until probably late May, and uh, we just had more turnover than we'd had all year. In fact, you know, I'll mention I heard I think a lot of drivers have heard us talk about our wig. That's our wildly important goal. And so, you know, this is uh, this process that um, the people at Franklin Covey helped us put together, but it's their process really. And so, so the wildly important goal is defined as, if you could change one thing in your business and improve it without affecting anything else, what would have the most impact? Hands down, we know if we can lower our driver turnover our business improves in so many ways you know we have better service to our customers we have um, less accident frequency you know we have you know a lot of productivity benefits by you know just having guys that are here longer so a lot of things you know all of us know that um, when you do something longer you get better at it so you don't spend as much time doing it and so you can see those benefits.
1: Question that I'm sure some of your newer drivers had or even potential um, GYCDL drivers in the program that we have here. So we keep our drivers, okay? We we, we, we have that retain, and we're not losing as many. Is that gonna affect how many possible new drivers we could have that we train here at our facility? Or would you just, would you slow that down? Or would you say, hey, come on, we can always grow. Is that, cause I remember you, you mentioned we could you know, we could add trucks or something or add business. Is that something that you would do or would you keep? Cause that's, that would be something on everybody's mind, you know? Um, well, Someone yeah, that I was would... maybe possibly thinking about coming here. Well, I'm going to wait three months, four months, you know, whatever they think of at home. And all of a sudden, no, you know, we, we're keeping our drivers. So we're not going to bring in as many as we normally do.
0: Well, we're always trying to bring in drivers because especially right now, right now, the business environment is really good, and every employer wishes they had more people. In fact, that's one of the issues that we run into with trailers not being unloaded. Some places that we make deliveries to where we go to pick up product, they just don't have enough people to run the forklifts to put the product on, or they might not have enough people to manufacture the product to complete it for the customers. So, So right now we want to add more people, because there's customers that would like us to do more more hauling for them. The challenge is getting the qualified drivers okay. and keeping the drivers that uh, are in our fleet.
2: Okay, What have you guys done to keep the ones we have?
0: Well, the big thing we're doing is to create an outreach so that our drivers know their fleet managers. I know they all know their fleet managers, but we want them to be able to call them if they've got any issue right. um, we've've we've, and this came up in a driver advisory group meeting where you know the, the question was asked you know how come a driver wouldn't call their fleet manager if uh, they had that question and 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 even drivers that had experience you know had a reluctance to to make that call and so you know the I guess it was common among the the, the drivers that were there, they said that, uh, you know, it's, it's common that uh, drivers don't want to uh, appear to not know as much as they yeah, were expected right, to right, know. Right. But, but especially for someone who's new, I mean, uh, there's no expectation that you know everything and there's no expectation that <laughs> you're not going to need some help. And so yeah. to create that comfort to right. pick the phone and make that call right. is, yeah. is huge, I think.
1: Um, everybody knows what happened last year you know the pandemic covid and us as a company we did pretty good last year business wise correct yeah we had a really good year and whatever why is that what what did rail provide that some of the other companies in the industry couldn't maintain or couldn't couldn't give them these customers do
0: you know that answer no, i know i know what we what happened to us? But uh, I don't know what happened in most other trucking companies. But I bet they were going through a lot of the same thing. One thing I know, we continued to hire drivers, even though um, there was a period of probably six weeks that the economy really tanked. Um, you know, there was that period when water and tissue and all that hmm. stuff was being purchased, and and really the demand to move that stuff was outstripping the supply, but then it fell off a cliff. And so there were some companies that shut down hiring and training, training probably more so. Okay. But uh, there wasn't many people to hire. I mean, there wasn't many people that were looking to change jobs during that period. So, so naturally, our, our uh, groups and orientation were much lower and even training was much lower just you know people didn't want to travel and visit a new place and sit in a room with a bunch of strangers and uh, <laughs> and uh, so learn about a new though. job and so uh so it was naturally lower and um you know we our driver group drifted down mm-hmm. and uh you know but it it was the demand was down too. So it was not where it was. We felt we were missing business.
1: I mean, this year now, I mean, it seems like the media is telling us that it's coming back to a point in some areas of the country yeah. that they're starting to see a raise in cases. Um, last year learning experience. So we should be able to do just as good as we did last year this year in theory, right? Hopefully,
0: um, we're trying to, uh, we're trying to do that. And, and, it's a good time right now because people have goods to move, and there's demand for the products. and so we're trying to meet that, but we are we are shorter than our goal of drivers in trucks. and so we're working feverishly to correct that, and we're we're putting drivers in, get your CDL and plus drivers who know how to drive, we hire those as well. so.
2: Yeah, we seem to get a good bunch coming through the GYCDL program. And yeah. um, we've got great instructors over there that, that bring them up, and our trainers are outstanding. You know, We've got a few of them on air. Yeah, uh, yeah
0: well, and here's another thing that last year was really good, and, and so far this year it's really good as well, is we've had good safety results. And so I believe. that's a product of what the drivers are taught and how they execute their day.
2: Well that's I mean, they hear that from the day one when they came in here uh from the railway, you know that there's our cornerstone value is safety, and mm-hmm. they they really, really drive that home, you know and they they perform that in every function uh, of this uh
0: industry Well, oh, good job you guys uh, they they really practice safety, and that's something that we always have to retain that value so that we can right. avoid spending those monies uh fixing stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Right.
1: So along with, you know, what we were talking about with um, um, COVID, obviously health, wellness, you know, a um, little bit that we talked earlier, you, you know, you have some things that you'd like to talk about with that?
0: Yeah, you guys uh, talked with Tiana mm-hmm. and uh, she heads up our wellness program here at Rail, and we're in our infancy, but, you know, we'd like everybody to be as healthy as they can be. And I know it's harder when you're living on the road, it's harder to... Get those uh, healthy choices for your meals, and it's uh, a little bit more challenging to have a regular uh, uh, eating schedule just because of, you know, sometimes the, the, um, the trips and the locations you're at and the mm. customer commitments that are out there. And so it's just harder to maintain that regular rhythm, but, but we want to help out as much as we can and make those options available.
1: Yeah, Mike, I remember when we had her on the show. A lot of good information. Um, Rick, did you hear about uh, uh, Mike's kale recipe? He's got a perfect one if you're into that. Kale? uh, Isn't
0: that seaweed? Yeah. Well, I don't know. He's
1: he's got a great recipe. Maybe he'll tell you about it afterwards. (laughs) uh, Uh, It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. I think you're going to like it. (laughs) We'll talk afterwards on that one. And uh,
2: as simple as... uh, Getting out of the truck and doing a little bit of exercise, it always helps. You know, yeah. they, a lot yeah. of people want to get somewhere and they, they're they tired and then they just want to climb into bed and call mm. it a day. But, uh, you know, getting out of the truck, stretching your legs a little
1: bit, you know, that helps. How did you do your health and wellness and eating and diet when you were driving?
0: Well, I pulled flatbeds, so uh, that keeps you in shape to a degree, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, as you... You know when you do the longer trips you know it is harder because yeah. uh you, you just you're not uh, out there what, moving the tarps or whatever
2: you did flatbed and i know that's where rail originally come from with the with the lumber what what made them go in the direction more dry van i know there's more dry van and reefer than there are flatbed now is there any particular just the industry took them that direction
0: well as customers um We always had, a most of the fleet was flatbed, but we always had a few drive-ins. You know, the earliest customers were like uh, soda pop distributors and beer distributors, Mm -hmm. so uh, they'd hired us to take empties down to the brewery and bring back the full ones, so Mm -hmm. had a few that way. Then we had a door customer, not the Masonite here in town, but it was a different one that relocated, and we always made their deliveries on vans, but then when the deregulation came along in 1980 we were able to make contact with paper mills in the area okay and you know wisconsin had a lot of paper mills and so they ship paper all over and so there was there was a lot more freight and before i really was out traveling on the highways i really thought most trucking was done on the flatbed but uh (laughs) turns out there's more Product being moved in a drive van and in reefers. Do you, do
1: you still go out on the road once in a while yet? Here and there, yeah.
0: It's probably been over a year since I've been out, but uh, it, I like doing it. It's fun. That'd
2: be kinda of cool pulling into a truck stop and you're other back and then Rick Rail back next to you. <laughs> <laughs> talk, what? What? The hush? Hey, you look familiar.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh when you when you, when you do go out, I mean I mean what what you see another you know driver for rail and they recognize you. What kind of they just you just talk normal, right? It's not like oh my gosh, they kind of stay away from you or do they just they come up to you and talk to like we are right now?
0: I think pretty normal. I mean, uh, some probably don't recognize me, and so what, uh, have
1: you run into
2: just uh, where they've come up and talked to you, and they they obviously don't didn't know who, who you were, yeah. And they and you were hey, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> hey.
0: No, no, that hasn't happened for a while, but uh, <laughs> that would be funny.
1: <laughs> Rick, along with the the health part of it, exercise, diet. Um, in the early '70s, when you were able to cross borders, you know, with the truck, um, how did you eat? I mean, you didn't have like refrigerators; you weren't able to have that keep stuff cool, refrigerated. Right. Did you have that back then, or how did you manage that?
0: Well, early '70s. Well, no, I must really well, look old. Like a, <laughs> well, like like I did a the mid '80s. Mid <laughs> '80s. I'm sorry, early '80s. I did my math wrong. I, I apologize.
1: <laughs> early '80s. Yeah. Well. Yeah.
0: Actually, I, I didn't have all that great of eating habits. Uh, and, and actually, there wasn't much uh, for options either. You know, the trucks back then, they didn't have any way to, unless you were running the, the, the engine to generate um, battery power. But, um, but one thing I did do was cut down to like twice a day and, and you know, a mid morning breakfast and a mid afternoon meal it seemed like if i would uh eat like at normal supper time then i would be more drowsy and so that i thought i'd have to stop earlier so eating at about two or three in the afternoon did work for me you know but but i got to tell you i wasn't that good at uh measuring portions or anything like <laughs> that. <laughs> You didn't meal prep, is what you're saying. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's a, a really advanced in that yeah. area today, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, you know, we got refrigerators. We have microwaves we can put yeah, in. Yeah, the new trucks uh, have power inverters. Power inverters. Yeah. Many ways. You can put, like, a little crock pot in there, yeah. cook in there. Um I've heard
2: some of the stories of the people preparing, I mean, it was a three-course meal right. in their truck going down the road, you and, know, they, and. they got in, it's cooking while they're, they, I did that, and then uh, the hardest thing about
1: that was you would, you would smell it cooking while I was
2: driving, and
0: <laughs>
1: oh, I gotta hurry up and get there, I'm hungry. So there's a lot of ways yeah. we can, you know, yeah eat healthier now with the technology that we are mm. allowed in the truck, and that they make specifically for mm. inside the truck, you know, so... Um, again, you know, anything that you have any questions about that, we can always go to Tiana. She, she'll answer all your questions. She's a, a great person, very smart from when we had her right. on the yeah, show. She fantastic. taught me a lot a little bit. You know, not a little bit, taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so... But you're so fit, though. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. All right, <laughs> I'm on the, I'm on the delayed cycle. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: well, now this all this knowledge you have about That's the, right. the food selections, you know. See, I didn't have that back so then. So, what,
1: one thing Tiana
0: told me was, you know,
1: start small, cut yeah. something out once, and I've been, I've been doing that, you know. So, um, obviously, I mean, Mike knows. Uh, my son got engaged, so my mm-hmm. goal lose some weight for his wedding you know so i have something to look forward to
2: i have a question for you uh i know your rail isn't big into the military you know honoring our our veterans and everything you yourself you served
0: no i didn't know okay i know
2: roman did as well uh what got you guys to that point where you're you know so big on honor and the military
0: well for one thing they've really helped our country you know they really made a A a significant sacrifice to to serve their country and you know that is very commendable but you know another another thing is their lifestyle is you know somewhat similar to the lifestyle of over-the-road drivers you know they they've moved away from home to go do their service and um, you know their training you know it's probably been months at some of those uh, periods where they've been away from home and So they have somewhat of a flavor of what that entails because, you know, working with Get Your CDL or even new drivers who join the company from getting their CDL, I think probably the biggest adjustment is the lifestyle. You're pretty much living in the truck and... um, away from home. They
2: seem to make some of the best best drivers, too. You know, they're very... They've been through the military. They're very committed. They follow things through. They're, uh,
1: yeah. The way it needs to be done, right? Yeah. And, uh, again, safety. You know, that's yeah. what we uh, talk about here, and we talked about it earlier. How uh-huh. You know, we push that. Mm-hmm. Where do you see rail going in the future? I know it's kind of a blank.
2: Where do you see it? But in the future, where do you see us going?
0: One of the things we're looking more at is having runs where drivers can be home daily and certainly weekly we've got well over 50 percent of our drivers who are home at least weekly but we've really added to the home daily number of drivers that we have in our fleet so you know that is a different model for us you know the the drivers who are uh, looking forward to spending you know two weeks on the road those those drivers are Uh, fewer than there used to be and so we are really moving toward that so even on the longer trips that we can have a pretty prescriptive route plan you know there's some of the the trips that we've been doing for a few years Uh, uh, one that I can think of on the reefer is you know we go to Arizona from the Midwest here but you know the loads out there come right back to here and so you know try to have more regularity in that regard. You
2: see the industry going that direction
0: I think there's others yeah i I don't know there's always going to be a need to move that stuff over longer distance so there's always going to be those those moves but intermodal has taken a lot of those Mm long-haul opportunities away and so um i think the the successful trucking companies are going to have to really look at what they do
2: with all the drop yards we have and everything, you know, there's always relays that'll get it there and get you back home. So
1: that's always nice. Any future, any any plans in the future to maybe have another terminal, a working terminal someplace else in the country other than what we have now?
0: Well, right now, you know, we have looked at the benefits of having some place like in, on I-80 in Pennsylvania, more on the Eastern side, um, you know, r- right now we do a lot of business out east, and Gary Terminal gets a lot of traffic. And right. so, right now, I mean, they they keep their head above water. They do a great job down there, but there is a lot of activity, and some of that activity is you know moved from those eastern parts. And so, we don't have a site picked out or anything, but we have some general locations that we think would be good, and like I say we don't have anything in the works right, right now but we recognize that we there's some things that would benefit I suppose as you grow. Yeah. Yeah. So that right. that would be a significant overhead add so it'd be nice to have a little bit of growth right. to be able to make a contribution to those costs.
2: The guys down in Gary do a great job. I was I was in that area quite a bit when I drove and yeah, I mean, from it, from the maintenance on up to the uh, the uh, fleet managers and everything out of that, you know, they're just uh, it's all like, around great. The like
1: Chicago Airport it is guys man, so going, going through. You're, you're right?
2: cruising through there, and you're you're like, holy, where did this come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's such a convenient it spot is, to yeah. park uh, right. because,
0: well, when I drove, you know, that was probably the worst thing is you could if you got through Chicago, then there wasn't right. any really good places to park down there. So having a spot like that is really a a nice, nice advantage for a driver.
2: Any uh, in the near futures? I know uh, Gary has the restaurant inside the terminal. I've heard some of them ask some of the drivers that come through here. Hey, is there any restaurants coming in the near future to Marshfield, Appleton, any of the other terminals?
0: We don't have any planned right now. We remodeled our break area here in the office in Marshfield. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, that's Something that I think Gary's the place that has enough traffic to support Mm -hmm. that. Right. Many of the other places, you know, there'd probably be food getting cold, waiting for (laughs) customers to drive in.
2: I guess jacuzzi tubs are completely out of question then.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't see any of those uh, on the horizon right now. Well, well we tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We tried. I we think tried. who was it? I think
2: Demetri or somebody come here
0: and asked. that tried. Yeah, <laughs> I
2: wouldn't have said her name now because now he's got it, Right? Sorry, Demetrius. <laughs>
1: so, what about a swimming pool, not a jacuzzi? Uh, there's on? none on the horizon right now. An, an infinity pool. Let's yeah. go. We're gonna dream. Let's dream big.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. As far as new equipment and everything, how do you see the uh, electric trucks? I mean, God forbid the—they said we'd have flying trucks by now. So the automate the the. Autom- Can you imagine trucks flying? Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> gosh,
1: that'd, mean, that'd be something. You I know? mean, if you
2: if you had I don't know 60 trucks and they just flew in the air, I mean it would be. Yeah. What do you call them? A- autonomous? autonomous? Autonomous is that the way you say that? Yeah, autonomous.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's the self-driving mm-hmm. trucks. You hear a lot about those technologies and. Uh, you know, there's cars that have that uh, more and more features, and and our trucks that we have today really have evolved. With you know, it started out where um, automatic transmissions. You know, we're on the second generation now. Back in the 90s, there was the first generation that that we used some of, and and then there was the the forward-looking uh, radar alert system. You know, to help the driver identify things that. Uh, we're in the path. Right um, now, they've got uh, the cruise where it'll adjust mm-hmm. the cruise speed to the vehicle ahead, and we started getting recently. It's probably in the last couple of years. The the braking it'll the trucks will brake now, right. and so most drivers probably are aware of that. And mm-hmm. so there's all these features that are aiding the driver and so you know the autonomous type operation i i think is quite a ways down the road but right. uh, although i do read and hear about things where they're doing tests and right. those type of things if so, those
1: developers ever approached you and said hey you know let's uh, can we use rail you know for testing or research would you allow that
0: depends what it is um you know i wouldn't say no but i I don't think um, they've got any shortage of things to test that on, but um, you know, you'd know have to look at the whole thing. There's certainly gonna be some liability if the driver's not in control. And so, so. but yeah, those, I, I do believe that that's down the road a ways when that's uh, an accepted uh, we, technology.
2: We, we used to get that coming through GYCDL. That was a good question. Do you think the self-driving stuff, you know, I'm going to be out of a job eventually. And I said, probably not in your lifetime. (laughs) Yeah. So, Rick, I know over the years we've tried different things, you know, different fuels. We've tried some of the propane vehicles. And now I see a lot of the uh, electric vehicles out there. What's your opinion on electric vehicles?
0: Well, for heavy trucks, um, it's probably down the road a ways too, especially for long haul because of the, you know, the, charge that they can carry in the batteries so but I you know there's probably some urban operations that that would work out well for especially if the weight isn't real high you know right now from what I've been hearing is in order for current loads to be hauled on on a battery truck it they would have to increase the allowable weight by about 10,000 pounds so but they say that should only be for 10 years though after because 10 the- years they think the battery technology mm-hmm. will improve and they'll be able to you know mm. get rid of that exemption but right now i think it's incredibly expensive and right. you know, it's a lot of prototypes and
2: that'd have to do change our infrastructure and everything to support all of that weight yeah
1: yeah yeah. Well, not just there. Well, yeah, our infrastructure, our yeah. bridges, everything. Yeah, well, even I mean, at even at our terminals too, we would have to accommodate right. for all that. Uh, training the mechanics, you know, oh, the yeah. fuel islands. You know, how we're gonna, where we're gonna charge them, yeah. and you know, where are we getting that from. So, yeah, I can see that would be a huge. Um, so, for the upcoming driver,
2: the ones coming through GYCDL, the experience ones coming here, do you have any words of advice?
0: Well, don't be afraid to ask questions. That's one yeah. thing. You know, We talked a little bit about that. But um, I think don't uh, get discouraged too early. And if you ask questions and get those feedbacks, I think uh, you're going to find people that are willing to help, want you to be successful. We want you to be successful here, and uh, that mm-hmm. makes all of our jobs easier.
2: I have found that everybody at this company they may not have your answer right
1: then but they they will
2: find your answer and they will get it for you or
1: direct you to where exactly. you need to get that yeah. answer um you know that's one thing that um GYCDL does is we they stretch stress Ask those questions. Now is the time when you get with your driver trainer. Ask as many questions as you can. Talk to your fleet manager. Talk to the maintenance. Talk to anybody. Anybody. When you're at a terminal, go inside the orientation. Ask that instructor. Because we're just a big company. Yeah.
2: You know, we're just a big family. Right. That's what I was looking for. We're just a big family. Rick, you know, you've answered a question about the GYCDL end of it. As far as the experienced guys, what do you say for the guy that's reluctant to ask the question? You know, he doesn't want to feel less of a
0: driver. Well, same thing as, uh, you know, other groups. Um, just I just encourage you to make that call and ask that question because we're all here to help and we all want you to be successful. We as a team want to be successful, so... Do not hesitate. Do not think that uh, there's going to be any bad outcome by any question you ask. And we're just human. Absolutely. And, yeah. and the
2: things we're all human. Feel free to call and ask.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
2: Well, it was a pleasure having you with us today, Rick. I found a lot of uh, useful information.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it was. It was. It was good getting to know, uh, Rick. You know, I mean, uh, it, we see him once in a while, but we actually got to sit down and talk with you. It was fun. And I you hope know. everybody enjoyed it. Yeah, and everybody, make sure that you drive safe. Drive the railway. Use that safe seven all the time. Um, it's it was designed for you guys for a reason, and that's why we are as successful as we are. Safety is our cornerstone. Okay, uh, Mike, it was it was great talking to you, Rick. Uh, can't wait to have you back on the show. It was it was fun. All right, all the drivers, drive safe out there. Um, we'll talk at you next time, and can't wait to talk with our next guest. And remember. Keep it safe and do it the railway.